You are listening to Her Guided Evolution, a weekly podcast created to help Black mothers be consistent with their self-care and take daily action toward well-being. I'm your host, Shanice Jones-Cameron, a mom of three, wife, and PhD student. I created the show to connect you with tools and resources to help you commit to a healthier lifestyle, manage stress, and prioritize your personal growth. Now, let's start the show. Hey, this is episode six of Her Guided Evolution, and today I'm going to be giving you some tips on how you might have more patience with your kids. And for today's show notes, you can go to herguidedevolution.com forward slash patience with kids. Okay, so first, I just want to validate the frustration for anyone with children. It is not easy raising tiny humans. It's okay to be sad, stressed. We all lose patience sometimes. You're human. Most of us are just doing the best that we can. So I have three kids, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, two-year-old twins, boy-girl twins, and a four-year-old daughter. And I will just say it. My kids are a lot. A lot of the time, um, they get up around 5.30 a.m. every morning. Um, They go to bed around 9 p.m., They take about a two-hour nap during the day, but that's still about 12 to 14 hours that they're awake. Um, Someone is usually screaming or crying most of the day. They're constantly climbing on stuff or doing something else dangerous. Tantrums are a way of life. I can't sit down without someone climbing on me, pulling my hair. They fight sometimes. They bite. They hit. They scratch. They pinch each other and me sometimes. Potty training is a very real stressor in my life. And I'm exhausted and frustrated a lot of the day. And I'm not saying any of this to complain about my kids or anything like that. It's just more so I'm trying to paint a picture for you and to let you know that you're not alone. Parenting is a lot for everyone. And I just want to give you some encouragement in that area. Like you're not alone. It's a lot. It's normal to like be stressed and to be frustrated at times. But hopefully in this episode, you will learn a few strategies that you may be able to use to kind of extend your patience in those times where you find the moment to be particularly difficult. And I'm making this episode because people often say things to me like, oh, I love the way you talk to your kids. You're so patient. And I'm at the point that I haven't had like a good mommy cry in months. And that's not to say that I don't lose my cool or get snarky sometimes because I absolutely do. I do not want you want you putting me on a pedestal of any kind. But I do want to share some strategies that I rely on to make it through the day with three small children while I also work from home and am juggling my research and my schoolwork and coursework as a PhD student. So the first tip I have for you, tip number one, is to adjust your mindset. And of course, this podcast is action focused and, you know, I'm about that action. But I often encourage you to look at your mindset because I think it's important that you realize that a lack of patience is coming from your thoughts. It's how you're thinking about the situation. And if you feel impatient or frustrated and just kind of at a loss, it's because of your thoughts. So let me give you an example. So I have my kids for most of the day during the summertime. My husband works from home upstairs. My sister-in-law like helps out with them as well. But my two-year-old girl twin, twin two, 
is a spirited child. So the term spirited child comes from a book her pediatrician recommended to us. It's called Raising Your Spirited Child by Mary Sheedy Kersinka. I hope I said that right, girl. Like, I might be wrong, but I'll put the link in the show notes. (laughs) But in this book... It talks about spirited children as being like strong-willed, more intense and sensitive and perceptive than like the average child. So spirited children have qualities that we often admire in adults, like determination and being vocal and things like that. But as children, they just tend to be a bit more demanding in terms of their care because they're spirited. And so apparently spirited children often grow up to be like really successful and strong leaders. So that's one of the things that as my spirited two-year-old girl twin is doing a lot of things she's doing. I'm telling myself, you know, I am raising a future leader and it's going to come with its challenges. So that's something that kind of keeps me going sometimes. So twin Sue, like I said, she is a spirited child. Like she will take her clothes off randomly just because she screams and throws snacks on the floor. She yells no at me all the time with glee. Like she'll yell no. And then she'll like, I'll look up at her and she's like smiling and laughing. Um, She has worked her way out of her car seat when we were going 75 miles per hour on the highway one time. She screams a lot. She bites. But even with all this, like, she's such a mommy's girl. Like, she's such a mommy's girl. And she's so cute. But I must say, she is very spirited. And it comes with a lot of comes with a lot of, like, deep breathing and where I have to remind myself, like, patience is a virtue. So, (laughs) I kind of outlined this to kind of give you all an idea of where I'm speaking from. So when twin two is having a tantrum, which she does like multiple times a day, a lot of times during the day, I'll just tell her, like, I'm just, I'll tell her just like I'm talking to you on this podcast. I'll tell her like, use your words. If she doesn't use her words, I tell her a tantrum won't get you what you want. I need you to cooperate. Then I'll proceed to just let her have her tantrum. And sometimes I'll give her a few minutes and I'll look at her and be like, okay, are you done now? Did you get those feelings out? And sometimes she'll get up like nothing happened and she'll just keep right on going. And other times she will scream for 15 to 20 minutes straight. And I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating at all. She will scream for 15, 20 minutes straight, like full on kicking on the floor in my direction. And during these tantrums, like a lot of times I'm frustrated and I'm screaming inside. And other times I'm just like quietly resigned. And I'm just like, well, you know, this is this is just what she's doing. But my mindset around this is tantrums are a normal part of development. She's a two-year-old. That's what they do. Yelling at her won't do any good. It will actually just make it worse. So just let the tantrum run its course. She'll stop eventually. She's trying to process negative emotions and it's hard for a two-year-old. So this is her reaction. I This is difficult to deal with in this moment, but I want her to know that I'm here if she needs me. This is an opportunity to work with her and to show her that tantrums won't work it's okay and this is my mindset these are thoughts that I go over in my mind over and over again throughout the day when I'm with my kids and it just kind of reminds me that when they are doing something that I perceive to be like nonsensical like throwing a tantrum for 20 minutes I can remind myself like this is appropriate for this stage in development this is just how they do and that helps me a lot And these are affirmations that in the moment that shift me to a place of acceptance. So if you're having trouble with patience, I highly recommend that you start with your mindset. 
it all goes back to your thoughts and give you something tangible and actionable to work through here. The next time you're overwhelmed when you're with your kids, I want you to take two to three minutes, take out your phone, open the notes app and just jot down what it is specifically that's bothering you and your thoughts about the situation. Now, if you have young kids, they'll probably be climbing on you and asking you questions while you're trying to type, but just do this as you're able. Take a few minutes and jot down your thoughts, type out what you're thinking, and then I also want you to type out an alternative way that you can think about what is particularly frustrating you about this situation. Is it that you can't sit down because your kids are climbing on you? Are you tired of them asking you for snacks or toys every few minutes? Type it out. The physical typing out your thoughts becomes a way to like release frustration and energy because you're like moving your fingers and getting that out. And plus it allows you to see what is causing those negative feelings and that lack of patience. And it gives you awareness and puts distance between you and your thoughts. So my second tip is to put your kids on a schedule. And I got this from my mom. She gives me a lot of unsolicited parenting advice. I'm sorry, mom. Mom, If you're listening to this, I love you, but you know how you do. (laughs) But one piece of unsolicited advice I was glad to have received from her was her telling me to put my kids on a schedule. And part of me feels like this is obvious and I kind of hesitated to like share this point, but I've had people be like genuinely surprised that my kids were on a schedule in such a like thought out schedule. So I'm sharing this just in case it helps you anyway. Following a routine just makes things so much easier. Like it's also good for your kids. It provides them with a sense of security and stability because they know like at the very least that they're going to wake up and go to bed and have snack time at set times. So as I mentioned, my kids get up around 536. They have a snack around nine. They eat lunch at 11. They take a nap at 12. They get up around 2.30-ish, 2, 2.30 from their nap. Then they have another snack. And then a few hours later, we have dinner. And in between all of that, there's other activities that we do. So like clockwork, we are on the schedule and I look forward to nap time. I rely on them napping from about 12 to 2 just so I can do work for like practical reasons and I can schedule a phone meeting or a phone call if needed and I know that the house is going to be quiet. And I can also like take the baby monitors outside with me and I can like sit on the patio and do a little bit of work or just enjoy the nice weather if it's one of those days. And I also like to plan out activities during the day and I'll tell them like, okay, we're going to color after snack or we'll do chalk on the patio before lunch. We're going to read a story before your nap. We're going to go for a walk before dinner. And this gives my kids little things to look forward to. And I've found that taking the time to explain to them each part of what we're going to do, it kind of helps keep them in line because they're thinking like, okay, I want to color in a little bit. So I need to cooperate until then. And I can also say things like we're going to do bubbles after snack time and they love bubbles. So once again, that gives them kind of some incentive to cooperate with me until they can do bubbles. So these activities keep them engaged for a little while. And they're also, as I said, more cooperative when we are doing these activities and when they can look forward to these things. So keeping my kids on a schedule as well as like keeping those activities in mind and like informing them about those activities, it helps me stay calm. I can look forward to nap time because they're on a schedule because I know at the very least I can get a quick snooze in the middle of the day for 15 minutes or work on that research paper that I'm working on for class. So I think the following 
a schedule is a really good tip and it could be really helpful, particularly if you're spending all this time at home, you have your kids and you know that you can at the very least count on things to work a certain way so you can get in a break when you need to. Tip number three, what I recommend is wearing headphones so you can listen to music, a positive podcast or audiobook. And I got this tip from my therapist and it really changes the game. Now, I don't recommend using like noise canceling headphones or like using that feature on your headphones when you're with your kids. I feel like that can be a safety hazard for a lot of reasons. And wearing the headphones isn't at all about drowning out noise or ignoring your kids. That's not what I'm recommending at all. When I have on my headphones, I can still hear my kids. I'm still interacting with them. So the music or the podcast or the YouTube video or audiobook just gives me something else to focus on. That way, I'm not just solely focused on the tantrum or them climbing on the furniture or anything like that. And oftentimes, like I said, I'm listening to a podcast or audiobook that I find inspirational or educational. And this helps my mood. Or I'll listen to music and I often play music for my kids at the same time. Like I'll have their music like coming from the home pod or the TV. And I'm sorry, like I'm just not listening <laughs> to little buddy foo-foo all day. So I'll have my AirPods in and I'm listening to like my music or my audiobook or a YouTube video. And like those songs, like the little bunny foo-foos and the sing-alongs, they get stuck in my head. So wearing my headphones and listening to music and podcasts, like it helps me like add some distance between that. And having something else to focus on, like being able to follow like a podcast that I'm listening to while I'm with my kids, that really does help like extend my patience because I'm with them, but I also feel like I'm able to do something for myself at the same time. And that kind of helps me get a little bit further on those days when I feel like, ugh, I just feel like very overwhelmed in this situation. And so tip number four is to ask for a break and for help if you can. If not, if you don't have the help and it's all falling on you, all the childcare responsibilities are falling on you, take a breather. So depending on how much help you have, this might not be an option, like straight up taking a break. But Chris and I have an understanding that, look, mama needs a break after dinner. I got the kids all for most for like in the afternoon and the evening before bed. Like I need a break. So I'll take like a half hour or an hour to lay down or to work on something really quick. Or I'll just scroll through my phone because I don't feel like doing anything else. And this helps me to just kind of reset and feel grounded. So like I'm okay when I go back to watching the kids and if you don't have the luxury of taking a break because I know everybody does not have help um, if you don't have the luxury of taking a break just take a quick breather if you can so for me I try and be mindful of screen time I'm much more likely to play music for my kids than I am to just like have the tv on all the time or giving them like the ipad or something like that like I'm very conscious of screen time but on some days I just don't have a lot to give so I'll turn on the tv I'll put on a learning show and you know I'll sit down for a few minutes and I remember when I was when my kids were younger I would put the kids in their high chairs or the playpen and I'd go duck around the corner and have myself a good cry because sometimes that's just what you need <laughs> especially if you have multiple children like sometimes you just need that good mommy cry so you just be like you know what I'm I'm, I'm okay I just need to just a, some sort of release to get this out and then you just go back and you just soldier on so 
And sometimes that's just how it is. So taking a 30-minute break here and there, or even just giving yourself a few minutes to sit down by turning on the TV, taking advantage of screen time, like sometimes that's exactly what you need to extend your patience. So the last tip I have for you, tip number five, is to rely on self-care practices. So I've found just by meditating and doing thought work and watching my mind is that when I'm having a hard time staying present and I'm being less patient in general, it's usually a signal that I need to check in with myself. And it's often because I'm feeling scattered, anxious, which leads me to struggling to exercise consistently, eating more junk food, struggling to focus on work. And on top of that, I feel the weight of knowing that I'm not doing everything that I can be doing to take care of myself. And those are the times where I notice that I'm less patient with my kids. I know from watching my mind that I'm usually stressed out about school or anxious about something else and not feeling great in general. And that's when those feelings start spilling over into the times that I'm with my kids. It's rarely ever about them. Like, yes, they can be a lot because they're so young and I have three children, three small children. But a lot of times when I'm watching my mind, I notice that it's not really about them. It's about me being more stressed and anxious in general. So when I'm more stressed and anxious in general, when I'm with my kids, it's hard for me to be as patient when my four-year-old is asking me back-to-back questions or when my twins are jumping on the furniture or when they are like pushing chairs up to the counter to grab all the stuff that they used to not be able to reach. Like I'm not able to be as patient in those moments because I'm already kind of on edge and stressed out about a thousand other things. But when I'm sticking to my self-care rituals, I'm a lot more patient. I know that when I am doing yoga poses or meditating or going for a run, that that is an opportunity and time that I'm using to literally move excess energy and anxiety out of my body. Even like when I'm with my kids, I notice that on days when I don't exercise, like I have a lot of energy and So I'm spending that time jogging around the living room because I feel that excess energy that I just want to get it out of my body. So I found that my self-care practices help me to relieve stress in a way that is what I deem to be healthy. And also I'm doing it in a way that it's very intentional. So those are the times when I have more patience with my kids. When I'm sticking to my self-care plan, I'm able to like enjoy their little snuggles and like little cute things that they do. And I'm more intentional about teaching th- teaching them things and reading to them. When I am taking care of myself by meditating, practicing yoga, working out, eating well, this improves every area of my life and contributes to my well-being. And these are the times that I can focus more and also enjoy my work. And I feel creative and I come up with content for this podcast. And all of that trickles into every aspect of my life, including my parenting. And so I think it's really important to find strategies that you can rely on to relieve stress like on a daily basis, not just something that you think about like, oh, I haven't worked out or meditated in a month and I feel really terrible. Let me start doing that now. No, I think it's more helpful if you're making an effort to do that on a daily basis, on an ongoing, continuous basis. And I know it could be really hard to be consistent. Like I know it could be really hard to be consistent. I've grown a lot with this and being more consistent with my self-care practices, but I know it can still be a struggle sometimes. 
And so one of the things that has really helped me is sticking to a plan, like a plan that you have some of these activities just outlined and you know when you can incorporate those into your day. And that's why I created my daily self-care plan. It's a free PDF that you can grab. This free guide includes some of the self-care practices that I use, and it lays out what you can do in the morning, afternoon, and the evening to promote just a sense of well-being and which you hopefully will find will help you to be a bit more patient in general. So you can download the self-care plan at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan. So for this week's introspection, I have been sitting with this idea of how often some of us, myself included, speaking from personal experience, make sweeping generalizations about our capabilities, usually based on like old belief systems or things that we have experienced without really taking the time to stop and reflect on hmm, why do I actually think this or where is this coming from? So I came to this because in my well-being and personal growth journey, I am learning to interrogate those beliefs that I've had about myself because just thinking like, okay, is this not a helpful thought? Is this holding me back? Why am I thinking this? Where is this coming from? So for example, like somehow I developed the belief that I'm not flexible. And I look back on this and I think I adopted this mindset that I wasn't flexible from taking dance. Okay, so hang with me here. And let me just say, I took dance for about a year when I was six. So in first grade in elementary school, I took tap dance and ballet. My mom put me in dance. And I remember, like, as a kid, I remember being so frustrated because I could not do a split like some of the other girls. So fast forward 20 plus years later, I practiced yoga and I noticed that I have that same assumption that I'm not flexible and it just keeps coming up. And when the truth is, I still can't do a split right now. I'm working on that, but I still can't do a split. But I'm pretty flexible. I'm actually pretty flexible. I practice yoga poses so I can do like crow pose and pigeon and all sorts of bends pretty easily. But that old belief from when I was six is still lurking, even when I have evidence that, you know, this is not really true. I'm actually pretty flexible. Just because I couldn't do a split at age six doesn't mean that I need to make the sweeping generalization that I am incapable of being flexible or flexibility. So now as I am deepening my asana practice, asana is a word for the physical yoga poses. Um, so now that I'm just getting deeper with my yoga practice, a personal goal of mine is to do a split. And I'm practicing that. I'm working on that. And I recognize that if I'm still carrying around these unproductive thoughts as a fact, like adopting this mindset that because I was six and I couldn't do a split, I'll never be able to do a split. I recognize that I probably won't evolve into a person who can actually do a split because I am stopping myself with these thoughts. So I want to encourage you to think about some of the beliefs that you have about yourself. And I want you to really think about these, like actively think about these. Like, where did you get those beliefs from? Are they old beliefs from your childhood? Did you hear a family member say it and you just adopted it because it made sense at the time? What evidence do you have that you can't do that thing? Have you ever actually tried it and failed over and over and over again? Not just tried it once, but have you actually tried it and failed over and over again? Or are you making the assumption because you've never actually tried it? 
So being on this well-being and personal growth journey requires that you challenge some of those old beliefs that are holding you back. And don't be afraid to confront some of those thoughts because in my experience and challenging some of those beliefs that we have about ourselves that we've never stopped to really think about, is this actually true? That is a fertile ground for personal growth. So that's all for this week. So in next week's episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be doing an episode called A Week in the Life. And so in this episode, I'm going to be going behind the scenes of my life as a mom, a PhD student, and a podcaster. And I'll be coming to the mic at random times during my week and telling you what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, and just being introspective and randomly unpacking the week as I go along. So that's all for this week. Talk to you next week. Take care and be well. Thanks so much for listening to Her Guided Evolution. Don't forget to grab my free daily self-care plan, a guide that outlines exactly what you can do in the morning, afternoon, and evening to support your well-being. You can grab the guide at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan. Once you sign up, I'll also send you free weekly emails to help you stay inspired and motivated on your well-being journey. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.